Welcome back to the Head, Heart, and Boots podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Brandon. Join us as we wrestle with what it takes to transform ourselves and the businesses we lead. Oh, what'd you think? I don't know. It's kind of serious. Should we laugh? Hey, bro. Hey. So I've got an idea. We're gonna we're gonna step out of maybe out of bounds a little bit on what we would probably normally chew on. I don't know. I don't mm. know if that's even accurate. But you've been pressing on me for quite some time just to pay more attention to my personal level of physical fitness. Have I? I didn't know that. Yeah, you have. Yeah, mainly indirectly, just because I don't want to be coated in guilt and shame. When I stand next to you, but oh goodness, it's, so it's more self-induced. But but you have mirrored for me a commitment to physical fitness, and what I'm realizing, we can we'll unpack all sorts of aspects. I think of this is just one of the things that I'm realizing is I'm just now starting to cross this threshold that we we've talked about this before, where the result is becoming its own fuel. Mm-hmm. So like I've. I've done the disciplines, if you will, long enough now that I'm starting to experience gains or things that it's like, oh, I like that enough that it actually counters some of my lack of personal discipline that I would normally have. So that's exciting. But here's where I want to go with this a little bit. A couple things. One is, I think I want to unpack a little bit the actual blue collar in the real world experience of what the value and the benefit has been mm. uh, to, to promoting and getting more intentional about physical fitness. I think the other thing that I want to talk about is just kind of maybe the thought process of how it's impacted me as a 45-year-old guy mm. um, and really almost what fueled the commitment to it. Like this analyzation of my own energy levels, my own ability to perform and keep up with some of the vision I think that we had for our business, some of the vision that we've had, you know, as individuals. Anyway, so I just want to talk about some of the things that actually motivated me Mm. personally to take physical fitness seriously. And then being just a normal Joe that's incorporated physical fitness into a busy schedule. And I'm, you know, I'm not some crazy fitness guru. I don't have five hours a day to give to this, you know, pinnacle of chiseled abs or whatever. Anyways. I just wanted to have a realistic dialogue about the thought process that promotes the willingness to strive for it and really dive into like, how does that really look in a normal life? Maybe, especially if you're coming from zero to something or, you know, whatever. So, anyway, that's kind of where I wanted to go today. Obviously, disclaimer you and I are not uh, fitness or wellness coaches. You know, this is not our space. Don't try to hire us to help you lose <laughs> yeah, weight or get abs or something. We're, like we're that. not the uh, executive uh, abs workout team or anything like that. But, but <laughs> I can't I laugh can't. very much right now, dude. I, <laughs> I do. I've been wanting to poke you in your rib pretty uh, much since you told me. That yeah, for it. those of you that haven't heard me whine and complain about it already. I cracked a couple of ribs snowboarding and it's really messing with my mojo. Potentially we'll get to that during the show. There's I don't so know. much crying and gnashing of teeth. Yeah. Only with... when people make me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways. Yeah. All right, dude. So that's where we're at. I, and I actually, here's how I want to start. Okay. I want to start with you. Like mm. how long have you, and I kind of know, like I, I'm pretty mm. sure I was actually sharing a journey with you about the time that you kind of, you know, pushed your trigger, if you will, to commitment. 
talk me through that a little bit. Like for you, what started that? What were some of the things that made you go, I want to do this? Yeah. And about how long ago was that? And kind of what has that path looked like over the last yeah. probably eight years or something? Totally. Yeah. You know, it's like a lot of my friends who are real fitness nuts, many of them were like athletes in high school or college or whatever. And that's where they learned the disciplines. I didn't. So I was a dabbler in sports, like junior high, high school, didn't do sports in college, did intramural stuff, but but I did like to lift weights. I think it's just ego, you know. It's yeah. like I wanted the beach muscle. I wanted to have biceps and all that, the whatever. <laughs> so I, I started in high school just weight training class, PE. And and then I just I saw the results of it enough that it was just motivating. I'm a guy who works out. So I, I kind of did that through college. In college, my freshman year, I worked out probably three, four times a week, just doing your typical machines and bench press and concentration curls. And again, it was all just about beach muscle, you know? Mm-hmm. And I used to eat, it's funny, I'd go into the cafeteria and I would order from the cafeteria lady a dozen hard boiled eggs every day. And that created a real tension in my relationship with my roommate that year. <laughs> Who was my best friend, was my best man at my wedding. Anyway, we finally had kind of a knockdown, drag out, wrestling slash roommate fighting session where it's like, stop putting your eggshells and your egg, your spent egg yolks in the trash. Our place smells like a giant fart. And anyway, so <laughs> I'm just, I'm, See, I'm, I thought I'm, you were going to go right into I'm the protein <laughs> farts. I didn't know that you were going to. I'm just anyways. giving you the beginning of the journey. Yeah. Anyway, so I wasn't really committed. I was just trying to build muscle. I was, I was doing protein shakes and eating hard-boiled eggs, but I wasn't really serious about my... I wasn't very mindful of how do I feel or how mm-hmm. am I functioning or my flexibility or my performance or anything like that. Well, then I became a State Farm agent. So this was several years later. And State Farm is part of your training to be an agent. You go off to... In this case, it was just south of Seattle, Washington. And I would go for like a two-week period of training. And then we go home and we do kind of home training, so to speak. Then we come back up for two weeks. Well, every time I'd go up to Seattle for these trainings, I'm staying in a hotel across the street from a Red Lobster. There's like 12 of us or 15 of us in our cohort. And so we get done with class at like 4 o'clock. We had like, I don't know, a $40 a day per diem or something for our meals for that dinner. And we're eating at the training during the day. So then we would all just literally go change and then walk across the street to Red Lobster and we'd have basket after basket of those awesome and terrible cheese puff biscuit things. Oh boy. And then we'd have a full meal. So I mean, like in one fell swoop, I'm having probably 3,000 calories of a meal <laughs> and I'm loving every second of it. And sometimes we're getting dessert. And it's just, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but in the, in the moment... I was only 20... How old was I then? I don't know, 25, 26. So I still had all my metabolism kind of going for me. But at the end of like a two and a half month period, I weighed myself. Now, mind you, I'm lucky in the sense my genetics. Like my dad's a fairly slender guy. My mom's just kind of a normal build. And so I'm a fairly slender guy by my genetics. I've, I've always struggled to gain weight and put muscle on. Well, until... <laughs> Un- until then, uh, and Them so, cheesy bread. Yeah, like I'm a 190 pound, six foot guy. You know, just slender, whatever. And then all of a sudden, I weighed myself after a couple months of training, and I was 220 pounds. Like, 
I literally gained somewhere between 20 and 25 pounds ish. And that was a huge wake up call. Cause I could see it in the mirror. That's yeah. what prompted it. I yeah. could see it in the mirror. It was just like a chubby layer over my normal build and my clothes weren't fitting as well. So now all of a sudden, instead of being like a 33 waist, I'm like a 35, 36 as I'm trying stuff on. I'm like, okay, I don't like this. And, and again, I was only 25, 26 years old at that time. I'm too young for this. And so I just started to get serious about it. I, I rejoined my gym. I, I rededicated myself to going in three, four times a week, kind of the same old program. Mm-hmm. And eventually it took me probably four or five months. I'm kind of back down to normal and, and I keep that going. But then I just sort of played it by ear until I started to get older. My kids grew up. I mean, I'm 42 now. So over the last like 15, 20 years, I've just been kind of steady Eddie, just kind of maintaining Mm-hmm. What was your original question? What's well, my journey been? Yeah, because it was about since I met you, there was this timing yeah, where it became far more than I'm just aware of working out from time to time yeah. to a much more front of mind thing for you. Yeah. And I think for me, I don't know when I'm continuing to feel it more and more. Like I feel like I'm kind of approaching this midlife point where I'm just realizing I have a lot of friends who are starting to get sick. I have friends who are starting to get injured. I've, yeah. I have a lot of friends now at this age that I want to go, Hey, you want to go snow camping? Oh, dude, I got bad knees. You know, I can't, there's all kinds of, I can'ts yeah. showing up in my friend circle because of, we got a bad back. I've got, you know, this thing going on. I'm sick and whatever. Yeah. And it's just, I've started to just become really aware of it probably five, six, seven years ago. So it was around the time that we first started working together I just started to notice people around me just kind of dropping like flies, mm-hmm. getting a belly, more tired, mm-hmm. drinking more, more depressed, not having as much sex with their spouses, like all the things. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I'm too young. I got a lot of life in front of me. I want to I want to get in front of this. Yeah. And so I just started to take it more and more seriously. I started to up my cardio. I started to challenge myself more in the gym. I was really just kind of phoning in my workouts. It was very typical like we'd have a leg day. And then we'd have uh, a push-pull upper body day. But was I really challenging myself in the gym? No. No. I was just doing my three sets of 10 yeah, and just kind of doing my thing. And then, I don't know, it was maybe around the time that we started, I got a workout partner and we would work out together three, four times a week. And so then we'd start to kind of compete with one another. And that was really helpful. Mm. Then I started up the intensity. Then it became, how hard can I make this for my workout partner? I'd start masterminding our workout plan. And that really helped me a lot to take it more seriously. Like I want to get stronger. We started doing... Anyway, I mean, we could get into the the details, but that was kind of my first exposure to more of a CrossFit intensity Yeah, where we were trying to burn each other out three, four times a week. Yeah, And my fitness benefited from that. You know, my physique, I started to just feel like get more muscular. I was leaning down. And I think what I really loved is I just started to feel more confident in short sleeve shirts. And yeah, like I just noticed like not in a, well, yeah, my ego just loved it. Yeah. I liked being able to not worry about my clothes anymore. Things just fit better. I kind of like how this feels. And that motivated me to stay in the gym. Yeah. It motivated me to even become more serious. When I started to see how my shirts fit and every now, like my wife would make a compliment, you know, and stuff like that. And it just perpetuated me kind of pushing myself a little bit further, a little bit further, a little more intensity until 
almost three years ago, I started CrossFit. And that, that was kind of the answer for me. My biggest thing that was holding me back was trying to do a workout on my own. Mm-hmm. It forced me to, I had to always be thinking of what workout am I going to do? And in, inevitably, I'd end up doing kind of the same thing, the same batch of exercises. It was boring to me. And then I remember the first CrossFit class I went to, I was pretty intimidated by it because I've seen the wads. They call them the workout of the day and they yeah. post them on a website. Yeah. I'm like, this is torture. <laughs> Way different level. Yeah. Like number of reps, different exercises every single day. Like they're like... I was worried about it. And honestly, for the first probably 60 days, it was overwhelming how hard it was. But at the same time, I felt like every workout was an accomplishment. Like I yeah. felt I felt really good about myself. Like I made it. Yeah. And one of the commitments I made to myself when I started CrossFit was I'm going to go at a minimum four times a week. I just Set drew that line in the sand. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if I'm in town and I'm not traveling, I'm going to be at a CrossFit workout four times a week. And I gave myself that room, like that flexibility because, you know, I mean, yeah. stuff happens. And I started this when we were still operating in the field. And, and I'm like, stuff happens. But if I'm serious about this, yeah. they have Saturday classes, they have open gym outside of the class schedule. Like, there's no excuse why I can't do four times. It's four hours a week. How many hours do we have in a week? Plenty to get four in in the gym. And for the first, I even still feel this way sometimes. Here's the other commitment I made to myself. Is I'm not going to push myself to do extra. I'm not even going to push myself to be the strongest guy or like be competitive. My only commitment is I'm going to do four times a week and I'm going to do exactly what they tell me to do. You're going to complete it. Like, okay... So in, in a wad, I'm just for those of you who haven't been exposed to CrossFit, this may be a long episode. I don't know how long this will go. <laughs> it's okay. Just feel free to punch out whenever you're ready. But in CrossFit, so a typical workout looks something like this. You've got your warm-up mm-hmm. and it includes like a dynamic stretching and some things we do, like a runner's lunge. There's some things we do every time, just get warm. Then there's a movement segment where it's kind of furthermore, we might start using some weights do a kettlebell warm-up to get our legs and our hips kind of moving with some under load. And then you have your strength workout. Yeah. And usually in a CrossFit gym, you have a strength day. And then the next day is a conditioning day. And we think conditioning, it's you can think cardio. It's not that simple because a lot of times CrossFit conditioning workouts will have you're slinging weights, weights. but they're lighter yeah. and you're doing more reps. Yeah. I mean, it's basically gassing you out, fatiguing the heart, right? And so... I'd go through... What was my point about this? <laughs> so I, we, we go through these things and it's intense. Like it might be... It is. There might be five sets of 15 med ball slams. And you're like med ball slams. Like imagine a 15 pound medicine ball that you're putting overhead as tall as you can be, like as high up overhead, and then throwing it down at your feet as hard as you possibly can doing that 15 times in a row. Yeah. I mean, the exertion... I mean, you're, you're sweating, your heart's pounding, and you might have five rounds of that or 10 rounds, or you're alternating that then with strict form push-ups. Yeah. Or like, you know, and so that was one of the commitments I made is I'm going to do exactly what I'm told. If it says five sets of 15, yeah. I don't care if it takes me, if I'm there 15 minutes after everyone else leaves, I'm going to do it. Yeah. 
for those of you that haven't had any exposure to CrossFit, it would be the equivalent of committing to a 13 mile run and not stopping until it's over. Like, I don't think people fully comprehend like these workouts, like when you look at the numbers and then when you get gassed and you're like a third of the way through, the mental commitment of you saying, my number one goal is I'm just going to do it all the way. Yeah. It's bigger than probably what a lot of people understand. Yeah. Like it is a mind screw. I am so passionate about this because I've had, I just, I know it in my guts now, what it feels like to explore your own edges mm-hmm. and to figure out I can do more than I think I can. Yeah. That is such a confidence building, empowering thing to. Yeah like discover. Yeah. And I think probably most of us have tasted that like in different ways. Like we've, we've had a project and we had a deadline and maybe you're the business owner. Like nobody's necessarily giving you, but you had a deadline for yourself and it was really hard, really challenging to meet that deadline, but you did. Mm -hmm. And maybe all along you question, I can be able to get it done. Right. And then you have that moment where it's like, man, I, I did it. Yeah. And I maybe shouldn't have even been able to do it, but somehow I pulled it out. I figured out. So I've had so many of those moments with CrossFit and just to see how that self-knowledge, like I'm capable generally, I'm capable more than I think I am. Yeah. Certainly more capable than where your mind's initial Oh man, it's spilled over in so many other areas of my life to where I, I can be a bit of an evangelist about this stuff, as you know. Yeah. But but anyway, so I've had those moments and I, I think back to a simple story. This was two... I was probably six months into CrossFit and I came in and I'm pretty sure it was a conditioning day because those are the hardest for me all the time and still are. Yeah. And so we had a finisher. So sometimes you've got your strength or your conditioning set and then there's a finisher on top of that at the very end, a single movement that everybody does a bunch of reps of. Yeah. <sighs> or it's like abs or something. It's usually core, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so... I'm at the end and we're doing V-ups. And of course, everything in CrossFit is modifiable, right? So the V-ups are really hard. You know, it's where you're basically touching your toes, you're bringing your legs up straight. It's just a form of a crunch, essentially a really hard version. Mm -hmm. So we're supposed to do 15 V-ups. Well, I can't even do V-ups. So I'm doing tuck-ups. That's where my legs aren't straight. Bringing my knees to my chest, basically. And I do the first... There's three sets of 15. And I've already done all the other things. I'm exhausted. Everybody else is done when I start my finisher. So everybody's packing up to leave and they're chit-chatting and I'm on the ground. I'm, I've sweat through all my clothes. I'm already exhausted, but I promised myself I'm not... So I've already had enough workout. Most people would be like, hey, dude, right on. You know, you did all these other you things. Did great. Yeah. And it doesn't matter to me because I said I'm always going to do what I was told. Yeah. So I got to do 45 more of these things. And I get nine in. And I'm just collapsing back to the floor. And I finally get my first set of 15. And anyway, I had this moment on my very last set where I was at like 10 and I'm just mentally done. And I lay there for probably 30 seconds. You know, almost everybody's cleared out of the gym at this point. And I just gathered everything inside myself and I finished the, the 15. And something, some kind of switch flipped inside me. And I don't know if it's a combination of just the endorphins and all the things that happen when you're working out really hard. But I, had, I was just all of a sudden had this rush of emotion. Mm. Like, I think I'm going to start bawling my eyes out. <laughs> and I'm in a CrossFit gym. 
And I'm trying my darndest, like my eyes are welling up with tears. I just have this, oh, I'm just overwhelming thing of emotion. I'm like, what in the hell is going on with me? And so I managed to hold myself together to grab my things, grab a drink of water. I go out to my car and the moment I get in my car, I mean, I'm almost embarrassed saying this out loud still, but I, I just bawled my eyes out for probably 10 minutes sitting in the car. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to grasp the emotional context of this, man. It's like, no. I can kind of get it, but I, I'm just like... And I don't even remember what the specific thing was, but I was dealing with something at work. Like I was encountering a challenge. I was uh, feeling small. Imposter syndrome. I don't know if I can sort of get over this next hurdle. I don't know what it was that was challenging me yeah. in the workplace. But but I think I was really asking myself the question is, do I have what it takes? Yeah. And then there was this moment in the gym. It just, it seems funny, right? That something like that would be so impactful, but it was one of those moments where I showed myself, man, I have what it takes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I do. And it is exactly. And it was real. Like it was real to me. I think yeah. that's where the emotion came from is I have what it takes to double down when I have to. Yeah. And nobody else knew that. So it's like, we have these moments where we prove something to ourselves, and nothing else. It doesn't matter. We're the only person in the room. Mm -hmm. And it's like I built some trust in myself in that moment. Yeah. I want to hang there. Because I'd say that that is... If we wanted to break this topic up into sections, this idea of, of why we would want to prioritize physical mm -hmm. fitness. And, and we're going to talk about physical fitness in this particular episode, but the same why and the same, I think, results that I want to continue to, to throw back and forth can show up in other disciplines. They can show up in other things that we choose to do and prioritize. Mm. But this why, and I think the why that you're hitting on is the richest. Like I think there's others. Like we can talk about the way that it affects our self-esteem. We can talk about the way that it just makes us feel when we go out in public or let's say our jobs ask us to be in front of people or in mm. front of clients. Like there is really something special when you're more confident in your own skin. Right. Yeah, sure. But what you're talking about is this really deep sub layer that affects so much of what we're challenged by, whether it be ego issues, whether it be imposter syndrome, whether it be just the belief that we can keep going or that we can mm -hmm. succeed or that we can overcome our current obstacle that we're facing. Mm -hmm. There's something beautifully powerful. Yeah. about being committed to physical fitness to the point where you begin to see those results, where you're pushing through those moments yeah. that, man, you said it perfectly. It teaches yourself to trust yourself. So I think the reason that I wanted to even talk about it is really that. I want to get into this idea of why should someone prioritize something that we so easily throw into the category of... I would like to do it, but I don't have the time oh, yeah. or I don't have the ability or this minor injury or ache or pain that I have has actually become an excuse now where I'll never work out. Yep. Right. And I've experienced all of the above. Yeah. Um, but there is the reason that you would want to prioritize this, the reason why it's important to talk about and for you to consider as a leader, as a business owner, is because I truly believe it's one of the few things that you can actually fully control. Yeah. And when you have an opportunity to actually 
proactively control something and use that as a tool or a resource to boast up your belief in yourself and your belief in what you've got. Yeah. Right. Like it's really powerful. And I think, unfortunately, for most of us, we don't commit to it. Like the gap between knowing and like experiencing is so vast that many of us don't hang long enough to get to the experience part where then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And that was one of the things I was so thankful for in my relationship with you is, and I make jokes about it. It's not like you ever like guilted me into anything, but there was a constant communication yeah. of like, hey, you said, how's that going? Have you started? What's your plan? What are you doing? Yeah. And I needed that. I was also really open with my spouse, like, hey, I'm going to start down this path. I'm gonna need I'm gonna need the bowling lane things pulled out because I don't have all the disciplines back in place again like I did when I was in the military. Yeah. Anyways, long and short of that is I'm so thankful because it really, in a similar way, I'm learning things like that myself. And here's where I like the next notch was for me. Is you talked about like started with, I'm just going to commit to making it to the end. Yeah. Right. And that in and of itself is a massive commitment, especially in CrossFit. Mm. But I think then there's this next here and you, I know you do this now because I've worked out with you is it's where you're kind of kicking your own ass. Yeah. Right. Where it's like, and it's not, it's not a David Goggins way because that's a whole nother layer of wacky, but it's just this like, Hey, Remember how you showed me you could do this last time? Mm. What can we do today? Yeah. Right? And then it's like... So think about it from this... Like kind of this perspective. This is how I imagined my growth in this was. First was, I needed environmental things to help me. Mm. It's okay. It's like I didn't have the context. I didn't have the muscles yet. I didn't have the, the ability yet. So I was dependent on an outside resource to help me make that commitment. Okay. Then there's like this next phase where you begin to make your own mental commitment. Like, okay, like my own motivation is enough. Meaning there's just my commitment to my promises to myself is enough. And then there's this next tier where it's like this, it's almost a joyful challenging. Yeah. Where you almost get off on, yeah, what are we going to do today? Yeah. Like just making it, that was cool. But now it's, it's what's next. So I don't know. I don't know how that's affected you or where you're at in that journey. Yeah. Well, you know, I think a lot of the positive effects of working out, I never experienced until I started CrossFit. And again, it's a combination of, it's a great environment to cultivate discipline. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I talked about just my two commitments. That has been such an incredible principle, I guess, for me over the last several years in a variety of ways. I mean, just cultivating discipline in my life has literally extended to every aspect of my life. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like the more I cultivate discipline in one area, it spills over into another. But I've learned enough about myself that I have to make very simple commitments and choices. They need to be realistic, but they need to be simple enough that they can fit in my world regardless of what's going on. And so like that concept of when I show up to the shop, which is the name of this CrossFit box I go to, I just... I don't have to think about What's going to take place when I get there? Yeah. I don't have to think about how good I feel, how crappy I feel, because I feel both of them regularly. <laughs> like, I woke up this morning, now right now I have a couple cracked ribs. <laughs> so, my normal gym experience is, wait, anyway, maybe we'll get back to that, but um, <laughs> it's on hiatus at the moment. But 
I don't have to mastermind anything. I yeah. just show up and follow through on my commitment, which is whatever's up on that big screen in the gym, I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to go home. And all I have to dedicate myself to is moving through that thing. And sometimes I do feel motivated. You know, there's others. I've gotten to know people in the gym. We get a little competitive. It's like, I'm kind of the chin up guy in the gym and I sort of that's part of my identity. I'm one of the stronger guys. And so I got to maintain my position there. So there's a little <laughs> bit of competition that comes up in some of these workouts. But at the end of the day, if I'm feeling it or not, the rule is what guides me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show up here four times a week and I'm going to do what I'm told at a minimum. Mm-hmm. And I've just found that level of discipline is created. It's like if I'm kicking my ass more than anybody else is going to kick my ass. There's a certain kind of confidence. And I don't mean that in a bravado kind of manly no. way. Yeah, I think that applies to men, women, children, all of it. It's like if we can cultivate a discipline of challenging and pushing ourselves at a very high level, well, then the challenge that we encounter with all the other areas of our life, it just seems a little bit more doable. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I totally do. Like I've really felt that inside myself that as I've dialed up the level of intensity and exertion I have in my own self-discipline, which part of that is going to the gym and what I eat and all that kind of stuff, I just feel more buoyant. Like Things don't get me down quite as long Mm -hmm. because I've I've just proven to myself and I do, I reprove it to myself on a routine basis that I've got what it takes Mm -hmm. to get through this thing in front of me. Yeah, I wish somehow... I had picked that up in my my teens. Yeah. And I've been trying. I've been trying to find creative and direct and and practical ways to sort of infuse that into my kids. But I think we all just have... We figure that out when we figure that out. Yeah. And I'm so thankful. I I really started this journey five, six years ago was when I started to really take this seriously. And food is a whole nother component to all this conversation, obviously. But I just... That whole thing about discipline, like... What is it? I think it's Marcus Aurelius or or maybe it was Seneca, one of the great Stoics, said to be strict with oneself and lenient with others. Mm. Or this idea of like the healthiest place for us to move from, and I think it's true of all of us, but certainly leaders too, is maintaining a strictness and an accountability for ourselves that's greater than the standard we hold others to. And to me, there's an integrity component there yeah. that also drives me. Yeah. It's like, if I say, for me, now I'm not judging other people because not everybody holds the same view of things, but I do more and more. And that is, I can't say I'm a top performer. Like I can't say I'm a high achiever, a top performance stuff if I'm not taking care of my body. Mm-hmm. Like there's an incongruency there. Yeah. Like there's a lot Feels of things. Out of there's a lot you. of things I can't say about myself if I'm not disciplined with my health and nutrition and stuff. That's just where I've arrived. Yeah. I haven't always felt that way. Yeah. But I just realized it's kind of an essential component for me to be an effective leader. Yeah. Is to also be for that piece to be congruent yeah. and accounted for. Yeah. I can relate to that. That makes a lot of sense. You to know me. what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's funny. I here's kind of what I've been experiencing. So initially, what really started motivating me in terms of, besides your coaching, if you will, but in conjunction with that, it was just this, man, we got a big thing we're trying to do, like building this company and wanting to have the kind of impact that we want to have and really living out kind of this missional perspective of we have a real opportunity to spend the next couple decades, few decades, 
hopefully really impacting people in such a way that it they in turn are having this really robust and impactful or positive impact on their own sphere, right? We talked about like you plant this light out here, then the hope is that you would watch the rest of those lights fire up around it. Yeah. And I'm big into podcasts and self-help and personal growth and all the things. And I just realized like I was having this epiphany of, man, I've got a big lift in front of me and I do not feel physically, mentally, or emotionally prepared for the work that's in front of me. And at best, it was questionable whether or not I had what it would take to do what we needed to do. And that's just looking at our business. right? And I think a lot of the people listening are either key leaders or they own their business. And they have either been feeling this way or they've spent years feeling behind the power curve like I did and like I have with, oh my God, I got to keep pushing, but I... I don't know if I got any juice left to do it. The other thing that struck me is I'm 45, midlife, big time. Like I am really aware currently that I do not, I may not have as many years left as I've put in. Yeah. And that's weird and kind of freaks the shit out of me. Yeah. But then the other thing was, is, is I was trying to evaluate myself as a leader, myself as a husband, as a parent. And I was just seeing all these areas in my life that I wanted to give more energy to in a positive way because I felt like when I get to my end of days and look backwards, I already know all the things I'm not going to give a shit about. Yeah. And most of it's the stuff I've been prioritizing. right? So it's like I'm looking at it and saying, okay, when I get to the end of my days, I want to be able to look backwards and be really proud of where my energy went. And there's this reality that all of us face where your work requires an extensive amount of time for you. It doesn't matter if you want to be the world's best dad or mom or if you want to be the best spouse or partner. There's these realities that we work with that take from you. Yeah. And so what I was running into was this space of I wanted to be more, but I was running out of bandwidth or energy to be able to execute on it. And I wasn't going to be able to not work. Like that's not the option. And so I was really just trying to look at some of the different experiences I had, some of the different training and teaching and life experiences to say, where can I start? Mm. And of course, I've watched you. I've paralleled you as you've become more confident, more filled with energy. Like There was plenty of days, especially when we first turned away from employment into self-employment. And Where it was like, God, I felt like Chris could keep going and I was done. Mm. I was burnt. So anyways, long and short of it, I I think what I slowly decided to do was to prioritize my eating, my habits around alcohol, and physical fitness. Mm. Because I felt like, okay, this is one starting place Mm. that I can give maybe an hour of time to and just reel in the discipline, say no a few more times. And it may change what I have to give to these other categories in my life that are really important to me. It's like I couldn't do the shotgun blast all at once. I had to find one finite place that I could start. And so that for me started last year, January last year. I was 217 on the scale. I'm only 5'10". That is not good for those of you that are uh, listening. Well, now I know I was approaching 40-something pounds overweight, 45 pounds overweight. And my mom's Facebook account sent a picture out that oh, she had memory? posted. Uh-huh. Bro, uh-huh. 
Oh, holy motivator. So I'm looking at this picture of me standing in the kitchen with my mom at our home and I'm fat, not overweight. I was freaking fat, dude. And anyway, so this all came crashing down. So last year, I got really serious in January. Everything from the apps to monitor what I was doing to a scale that measured my body fat, blase, blase. So I'm down like 30-something pounds. And I'm headed for another... I'm looking at about 10 more or so. And at this point, I'm more concerned with body fat percent than I am body weight. Anyways, here's what's been happening in that time frame. Mm. My day starts at 5. It's probably been that way since the military. It just is what it is. So. I'm definitely done by 9.30. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just yeah. spent. I'm going to bed. Yeah. But the time between 5 a.m. and 9.30 now is so much more special to me. Mm. So it was like productivity as far as like real creativity, all those things. I probably start petering out about 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. But I can go home and still be invested in my family Engaged. and in my relationships. Yeah. I can engage still. And that has been an enormous benefit to me trying to prioritize those simple areas. What I choose to do with, in regards to alcohol, how I'm eating... And what kind of exercise I'm getting. Here's the other thing that that weren't so obvious at Mm. the beginning that have really, I think, compounded for me. And that was, for instance, where confidence went. Like what happened as I began to get a little bit more comfortable in my own skin. Mm. Okay. And really what it turned into was that self-confidence gave me the ability to pour more into those around me. Mm. Here's kind of an example. As you start to identify the ability, and you hit on this really well, like when you start to identify one thing in your life that you can take control of, complete control of, and that you can exercise a discipline and prove to yourself in microwaves over and over and over, you will do what you say you will do. All of a sudden, the confidence that came from that, the confidence from being more comfortable in my own skin, just physically, gave me like all this momentum to start looking at other areas of my life that I could be a little more disciplined in. And then I would do it long enough that I would yield a result. And then it was like, Oh my gosh, now I have two areas in my life that I feel like I'm performing at, right? Or performing well at. And that has translated into, and we're kind of going all over, but that has moved into some really interesting things. An example is my wife and I now are on about day four of a morning commitment where we get up together, the alarms go off, sometimes I'm up first, whatever, we get up together, we share coffee together, we read together. Mm. We spend time talking about what is happening in our minds, Mm. sometimes based on the reading. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just a hard thing that her and I need to address together about our family, about finances, about whatever. Mm. And had I not spent the last 14 months, 15 months being diligent about saying no to cake, saying yes to the workout. That's a sticker right there. No to cake. But if I hadn't done that, this would just be yet one more thing that I felt guilt around doing more of or being better at, but myself not believing I could actually do it. Mm -hmm. So now, and, and I know some people are going, but dude, it's been four days. But here's what my point, here's what's changed. A year and a half ago, had I done something for four days, I would have no confidence that I will continue to do it. Yeah. Now, when I do something for four days and I've already told myself that's a priority for me, 
I fucking know I'm going to do it. All right, let's take a minute to recognize and thank our MitResto Mastery sponsor, Accelerate Restoration Software. And I'm fully aware, by the way, that when I say those last two words, restoration software, that that instantly creates heartburn for some of you out there, right? Because we probably all fall into one of two camps when it comes to software. We've either cobbled together kind of a version of free website tools and spreadsheets just to make our business work, or we're in the camp where we've adopted one of these existing restoration platforms, you know, one that has all the bells and whistles and supposedly does it all but we can't get our team to consistently adopt it and input information to it. Yeah, and that's really where Accelerate has honed their focus. They've created a system that's simple, right? It's intuitive, and it focuses on the most mission-critical information, i.e., guys, your team will actually use it. Let's talk about sales, right? After years of leading sales and marketing teams, the biggest trick is getting them to consistently update notes about their interactions with referral partners and clients. And the essential piece there is there's got to be a mobile app experience. And in our experience, the solutions that were previously out there were just too cumbersome and, and tricky to use. Yeah. Imagine, guys, how your business would change if your entire team was actually consistently using the system. Do yourself a favor. Go check these guys out at xlrestorationsoftware.com forward slash MRM and check out the special offers they're providing to MRM listeners. All right. Let's talk about actionable insights. Owners, GMs, you can't be your business's expert on all things estimating. You might have been three years ago when you're writing sheets in the field, but the industry is always changing and so are the tools. If you're the smartest person in the room when it comes to Xactimate and Matterport, how does that scale? You're the bottleneck. I know I'm preaching to the choir, but this is where Actual Insights comes in. They're a technical partner that can equip your team with the latest bleeding edge information and best practices and then update them with webinars and training resources when the game inevitably changes again. For this reason, we recommend Actual Insights to all of our clients. Yeah, three of the kind of big things that stuck out to me when being introduced to, to AI and their team. First off is this consistently updated training. I mean, at the end of the day, these guys are the experts. They're out front all the time. They're constantly learning new trade secrets and ensuring that your team's got access to those things. A 3,700 plus page database of Xactimate templates. I don't know what else to say here other than don't reinvent the wheel. It's already available. Download it, copy it, use it, bam database of commonly missed items. I think this is huge. So many of us can change the numbers by just moving the needle a couple points. And those commonly missed items can make all the difference in the world. So go check them out at value.getinsights.org backslash FCG. You've got a baseline discipline that yeah. you've seen results from that has internally created more motivation, like That's its right. own motivation for. So That's it's right. like the eating and exercising thing. You're kind of to that point where you don't have to make a decision anymore. No. You're just a person that takes fitness and nutrition That's seriously. Right. That's right. So it's like you don't have to keep pulling that lever. Like you're just, you're in that mode. Yeah. It's yeah. the whole flywheel concept, yeah. right? It's like, yeah. Man, that was that one thing that got it cranking for me. And now there's new things that I get to explore 
from that discipline that will just continue to build and mass momentum. And I think that's why I wanted to even talk about it is that I think so many of us look at physical fitness and it's from this perspective of, well, it's, I know, I know I should be better. I know. Yeah. But we don't know. Yeah. You don't know because you haven't done it long enough to experience what it actually gives you because the difference between head knowledge and experiential knowledge is very vast. Like they just are not the same beast. Here's another thing that has struck me about this piece around the physical fitness component is in a lot of ways, it changes what I can give my partner, Mm. my wife. Yeah, I know many of us just got sexual with that, (laughs) which I I forgive you for thinking about me that way. But but it's bigger than that. (laughs) It's bigger than that. It's it's more (laughs) it's more this idea of. I'm no longer, and yes, this applies to everything from marital opportunities to other, but I'm less caught up in my own freaking head Mm. about how I feel, how I look, how I appear, Mm. how I whatever, that I have more focus on caring about where my partner is. Mm. Yeah. Right? Here's where this is also showing up for me. Employees, sphere of influence, my children. Like how? What do you mean? Like I'm just less... Two things. I've got more energy to give. Yeah. And I'm just... It's like I'm more emboldened Mm. by me committing to and following through to promises I've made to myself. Obviously, we're... You know, this is happening in the physical fitness element. But because of that, it just gives me the strength, the mindfulness, the awareness to care more and put more energy on other people. Like I'm... (sighs) It's hard to explain except for the more confident I get because of discipline and follow through, mm. the less time I spend thinking about and trying to commit and promote in myself, I can do it. I can yeah. do it. I just don't think about that stuff as much yeah. anymore, yeah. which gives me more time and energy to really care about other people. Yeah. And here's kind of what I was thinking about this. Mm. We had a conversation uh, this morning, yes, right, with some individuals, leaders working through diversity on their team and some challenges and reshaping kind of the culture that they've created in their company. I was just thinking to myself, leadership is so hard, right? It's so worthy. It's this beautiful responsibility that we have that really can create such amazing experiences in your lifetime. Yeah. Like I love leadership. I cherish it. It's hard. Yeah. It requires a, just an absolute boatload of work physically, mentally, and emotionally because of how much we need to continue to pour into people to help them maintain traction, yeah. right? Stay on track, to continue to take care of our people, to continue to take care of each other. Like humans love the path of least resistance and they require constant coaching, promoting out of boys and girls like it just takes so much energy and what i caught myself thinking about this morning was i almost for a moment was not very oh shoot what is the term like i almost was short on grace a mm. little bit for someone that didn't have the energy or at least it appeared in the moment it mm. didn't look as if they had the energy that their team requires and this sounds so freaking judgmental and that is not my intent, mm. right? But it's just like leaders, stop what you're doing and look in the mirror right now. 
Yeah. This is not meant to guilt or shame you because God knows we got plenty of that and it doesn't do shit for any of us. But awareness, look in the mirror, ask yourself this question. Do you have the energy and do you have the confidence in yourself that you have what it takes to lead your team in such a way that it will yield the results that you want in your business? Mm. Because there's a strong chance you don't. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, one of the simplest, most mechanical, most get a plan, follow the order way that you can begin to have significant change and impact on whether or not you do have the energy or the self-confidence to do what's required by your team is physical fitness. Yeah, it's true. This made me think of a global leadership summit thing we went to. Multiple times, actually. Multiple times, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Somebody was talking about this, but I think it's... um, Oh, they said one of the things they looked for when they were hiring senior executives was an integrated personality. This might have been Patrick Lencioni or Ed Catmule from Pixar. I, I don't remember who it was, but he was saying that one of their priorities is identifying an integrated personality. And this particular leader, they would actually, part of their interview process for like executive leaders was that they would take the person and their spouse out to dinner. Oh, yeah. So they could get a picture of what is this person like with their spouse? Like I take them out of the work setting. Are they the same person that they conveyed in the boardroom in interview number one with department heads? Are they the same person there as they are when they're out in a restaurant having a scotch with their wife and and the spouse of the other colleague? Or is there a different presentation? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, And I think that integrated... Like we... I've been disintegrated for parts of my career. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, it's impossible for me to separate my physical fitness and my wellness with my leadership and my role as a professional. That's where I've kind of landed. Yeah. And one of the things that Ed Catmuller, whoever said this, was talking about is just how, how much energy is lost by disintegrity of like, Talking a certain game here in our professional setting, living out something different at home, there's just there's so much energy lost mm. when we're living a disintegrated life. Mm-hmm. When we've compartmentalized our role as an owner or a senior leader, a manager, whatever, from our role in our own personal community, our friendships, our marriage, and just our own relationship to ourselves. Yeah. You know, it's how are we treating ourselves? Yep. And I think the reality is there's been times in my career, in my life, where I have not treated myself very well. Mm-hmm. I've, in a way, because of work or whatever, I've abused myself in a way yeah. in exchange for short-term performance at work or, or what have you. And so I just I feel like it's not so much a shame component, but it's just a coming to terms with each of us has our own definition of kind of what integrity looks like for us. And what I found is the more I ratchet up my discipline, the higher my expectation becomes of myself mm-hmm. in other areas, mm-hmm. just in terms of that congruency. Like if I say this about myself, what are all the things that that yeah. impacts? Yeah. If I'm going to say I'm this kind of person, shouldn't that also touch how I'm taking care of my body and how I'm feeding myself? And yeah. Right. Like, yeah. And also, am I taking time, like you were talking about reading with your wife in the mornings, right? If I'm saying these things about myself as a leader, as a business professional, all these things, shouldn't I be prioritizing some quiet time to just think, to get outside of the frenzy 
I say I'm a thoughtful leader. Right? I'm a I'm a lifelong learner. We have these things we say about ourselves as leaders. Yeah. But are we allowing that to touch all the other areas of our life, or are we just compartmentalizing that to how we run a meeting, right? Or how we do our one-on-ones with our people? Like, are we just compartmentalizing that to our work life, or are we allowing that to extend in all areas, right? Yeah. No, it's you bring up a good point, and that is important. I think for us to draw some recognition to is, I think this topic is less about just physical fitness, and it's more about what are you doing to ensure that the tank is continuously getting new fuel in it, because the system's going to need everything that you have. Your business is going to need everything you have. Your spouse, your relationships, your children—it's going to draw from you, and there's going to be a constant draw. Meaning that it will always be there, ready to take more from you. And I think it's interesting. And again, it's so easy to say. It's so much more difficult to do. But there's no way you'd look at a generator, for instance, let it run out of fuel and continue to hope that it's going to provide power to whatever you've got plugged in to that generator. But somehow we look at ourselves as a being, as a person, and we think to ourselves, well... I should stop and put more fuel in because inevitably I'm going to run out. I just don't have time. Yeah. Like that's what we're doing. Yeah. Right. And I think you really, you drew some connectivity to these bigger things. It's, listen, being a CrossFit person is not the point. Being whatever, you know, you weightlifter, I don't care. It's not the point. The point is, I think here is there's something really powerful that happens mm. when we learn to build trust with ourselves by mm. following through on commitments. Yeah. And then there's something very powerful that comes from when we begin to recognize that it is our responsibility, not only to ourselves, mm. but to these other things that we remain so committed to giving all our resources to, yeah. to have the resources to provide. Mm. And leaders on empty tanks, on alcohol-abused bodies, on cheeseburger and french fried fueled bodies monsters monsters and cigarettes are often not going to be what it is required by their team you're going to keep trying to pour from an empty yeah. cup and your team is going to get nothing of value from you yeah they're not going to get full they're not going to get the energy that you need to provide them they're not going to make gains because you're giving them tired yeah. out of shape and an abused leader Yeah, it's true, man. Right? Yeah. And it's a painful, I think it's painful for us to come to terms with. But again, in this, I'm trying to reframe so much more now in my life that it's, again, not guilt or shame, awareness. Yeah. Just be honest about what you're assessing. And that in and of itself has got a ton of power. Like it doesn't need to be good, bad. Yeah. It just be honest. Should we talk about just like on a day-to-day basis what this is looking like for you and I? I think we should. Yeah, I think that's relevant. And then we can maybe Yeah, stop because I, I think we're in the disaster restoration business, right? So even though Brandon and I aren't operating anymore, I'm supposed to be talking to you. I'm talking oh, to yes. the audience. Yes. You know? <laughs> uh, for those of you listening, <laughs> for those of you just listening, we're facing each other. We're supposed to be just having a conversation, but sometimes I get like I'm talking to you, the listeners. Uh, anyway, this industry is tough to have regularity. Yeah. of any kind, but it's not impossible. No. Right. So I, I think back when I first started CrossFit, here's my kind of my schedule. Like, how do I get in an hour long workout four mm-hmm. plus times a week? Yeah. Well, most CrossFit boxes open very early for this reason, because frankly, most CrossFit people are 
high achieving business professionals. It skews that direction. So you have a lot of very busy, busy, productive people, lots of business owners in CrossFit and so forth. And so like I went to the 530 class. I do not like getting up at 530. I'm not as much of a morning guy as you. Yeah. But I just, first of all, I made the commitment four days a week. Yeah. And I'm going to do what I'm told. Yeah. I don't have to mentally prepare. I just get up at 5 a.m., put my shoes on, put my shorts on and a t-shirt and I just go. Right. So by 6.30 a.m., I have been thoroughly worked out. Yeah. Like... Like I say it externally, like they have thoroughly worked me out because all I did was did what I told, right? So I didn't have to think about exercise. I don't have to get romantic about fitness. I just show up. It's on the board. I'm like, oh shit. And then I just do, you know, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do, but this is what I'm here to do. Yeah. And so I get through it. My clothes are soaked through. And then I go home. I stuff my gullet. I go to the office and I keep moving. Yeah. And it just worked. So the question I would have to people that aren't currently in a rhythm like that, can you? Like 5.30 a.m. to 6.30 a.m. and then go on with your day. Can you? If so, yeah. Then just start. Pay the money. Yeah. yeah. When I, when I talk to other clients or just people about this, I've started in the last couple of years just telling them, look, just stop thinking about it and go join a CrossFit gym. Yeah. Or an equivalent. So Orange Theory is another thing. It's a little bit different. It's not as much weights. It's like cardio. So whatever. But go join a class format mm-hmm. where you show up. A spin- yeah. It's like you don't join a Planet Fitness where it's like, I can go you know, do the machines whenever I have time. It's 24-7. No. Create some guardrails for yourself. Mm-hmm. Join a class-oriented fitness box, whether it's Orange Theory or CrossFit or some other local boutique thing. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. That's another reason why I suggest CrossFit. It's a financial commitment. If I just go join a Planet Fitness for $14.99 a month, yeah. like there's very little skin in the game, yeah. right? And so I'm depending fully on my own physical discipline and yeah. accountability. Not a good place to start. Yeah. I need to be paying a lot because that'll motivate me to get the most out yeah. of it, right? I mean, literally, my wife and I, it's $250 bucks a month for, yeah. our, for our membership. It's a commitment. It's not small beans. And so so I tell people to do that because it's the fastest way to get yourself in a situation that you're going to create change. Yeah. Food-wise, let's talk about what we're doing, dude. So Brandon started the, the carnivore thing. Yeah. And regardless of what you think about carnivore, I've been a naysayer on carnivore. I've tried keto. I think what I've tried to cultivate over the last few years, and I feel really good about it, like it's been really healthy for me, is periodically I'll just kind of change up my diet a little bit. I'll just try to introduce some new discipline, you know? Yeah. So I've done keto for a while. Yeah. Or I thought of kind of a version of keto. Yeah. Just low carbs, lots of avocados, lots of bacon. Yes. That sort of thing. Both. And um great. And I found it helpful. Yeah. I've used that, I've, you know, trimmed off a few pounds here and whatever. But then I've been I'm probably the heaviest I've ever been right now. I'm two fifteen. I like to think most of it's muscle, but I've just noticed it's a little heavier than I want to be. I'm not as I'm, I don't know. I just feel a little more tired on conditioning days and stuff. I'm like, you know, I'd probably be better at two oh five. And so I saw you doing carnivore and I've recently in the last couple of days jumped on that bandwagon. I got to see, here's what I like about it. And here's what I like about these very simple lifestyle diets. There's a lot of different ways to do carnivore. Then there's a lot of resources out there. Some carnivore is like, hey, it's meat and salt. Yeah, and that's and like it. Pepper. <laughs> and like salt and pepper and meat yeah. of various kinds. And some people will allow eggs. It's an, it's an animal-based diet. And then the one I've latched onto is animal product and fruit. And it kind of revolves around this idea that plants, this is very unconventional, 
But we found a lot of things that we thought were true not to be nutritionally here over the last 20 years. But the idea is that there's a fair number of research that plants have phytochemicals, right, that they've evolved to have to ward off animals and other people picking them and eating them. And our body doesn't digest those phytochemicals very well. So it creates inflammation anyway. Here's what I like about it over the last couple of days is it's very binary. Meaning I don't have to think about what I'm going to eat a lot. It requires a lot more effort, requires a little more discipline. But like on the prep side. Yeah, on the prep side. But like I didn't realize how much I've been depending on bars, protein shakes, snacks, like chips and crackers. And I try to buy the healthier stuff like low carb almond cracker, just like stuff, whatever. Like just how much extra things I shove in my face throughout the day, yeah. beef sticks and just all kinds of processed, you know, packaged goods and all that. And now it's like, okay, I don't have any of that. Yeah. So it's, it's created a very, very simple. And I think in the process, I've trimmed back my calories a little bit, not yeah. by counting calories, but I've just noticed I feel a little lighter. I actually feel like I have more energy, but it's only two days in. So who, who the hell knows, yeah. right? Yeah. But I have found that principle of simplifying, it isn't so much about carnivore or isn't so much about keto or paleo or low carb, but I found that when I can make these very simple lifestyle changes that are broad sweeping, yeah, that's been really helpful for yeah. me. Like my first start with that was about the time I was going to Summit. I, um, I cut sugar out. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, I did. I think I talked to you. That was the first thing that I did. Yeah. Like, cause it's been tears. Yeah. Like it was no sugar and reducing alcohol. Yeah. Basically, as part of that. Then it went no alcohol and keto. And then most recently, I've gone carnivore. I would actually say this too, man, as an encouragement to people, like again, on the self discipline thing, like this is a journey. It really, yeah. all we're looking for is a win. However, you get there, you know, who cares? Yeah. And I would say that. So without appropriate diet, I don't mean dieting, but I just mean without it, you're going to get really pissed off with yourself if you go to the gym four or five days a week and you don't see any results. Yeah. And the reality of it is that can happen more frequently than people give credit. Yeah. So it's like I would even encourage people, and this is what I did. I didn't even step foot into the gym until I had four or five months under my belt of completely reshaping my eating habits. Mm. Because once I started working out because I had already had my eating habits in check, you started to see results. I a lot saw faster. results very fast. Yeah. Which makes the thing that none of us really want to do. Like some of you may be weirdos. Most of us don't pre workout get totally pumped. Right. You're talking yourself into it. You're making sure your shoes are out, all the things. And so you don't want to waste that time. The last thing you want to do is spend six months busting your ass in a gym and realize you're going nowhere because. You get done and that night, it was only going to be one night, but it was five nights. You had the bread, the burgers, you know, the things. So I would even actually encourage people, just start with the food. Start with sugar. Start with reducing how much alcohol you're putting into your system. Alcohol is a killer on your internal workings. Just And I was. And left to my own demise, I'm a three IPA a day guy. I love drinking beer. I love it. Okay, I just can't though. It screws up my system. It makes me feel like shit. It totally poisons me. And it totally takes away from what I need to give other people and my family. So anyways, don't even go to the gym yet. Like If you're at zero and you're listening and you care... Step one. Start with sugar. Get it out of your building. Yeah. 
reduce the amount of alcohol that you're taking in, and then get crazy and actually start eating intentionally. Yeah. If you start there, it will start giving you... Again, it's like the incremental momentum. That's going to start giving you some momentum. And then if you can move into the gym and start doing some things physically, you're going to see the results fast enough that you're like, ooh, I might come back tomorrow. Yeah. Like I could probably do this again. We've talked about atomic habits a lot yeah. and it fits in this conversation, right? One of the things that James Clear talks about in Atomic Habits is this idea that action is what creates new habits, right? It's like every time we take an action to not have sugar, right? Or to get into the gym, we're building this stack of affirmations that I am a person yeah. who eats healthfully or I am a person who trains and and holds physical fitness as an important thing. I am that kind of person. It's like we're stacking up proof to ourselves yes. that I'm that kind of person. And I recently was watching like a goal cast or something. Have you seen those on Facebook? They're like the... Anyway, you're not a fan of Facebook. On Facebook, there's this page called Goalcast, and they do these inspirational videos. Oh. And they had one with Arnold Schwarzenegger and somebody was interviewing him. It must have been a clip from a long-form interview. But they said, so why do you keep... I mean, you're totally crazy rich. Why do you keep training so hard? Which I thought was kind of a dumb question. He's Arnold Schwarzenegger. But, <laughs> but Arnold had a great... Because it's kind of part of his brand, right? It's being yeah. buff and whatever. And he still is. Yep. 70 Huge. something. I yeah. mean, he's muscular. He's still got abs, you know? Yeah. And he just said... I think he said something like, I don't even know how to answer that question. He said, training and keeping my body in the best condition I possibly can is just part of my life. Yeah. I will never stop training until I die because it's just part of who I am. I don't even think about it as an option. Yeah. I don't think about do I want to work out? I don't think he's like I feel good in the gym. Yeah. And I enjoy the process of challenging myself and doing hard things and I will be doing it until I die. I don't even think of it as an optional thing. Yeah. It's just built into his lifestyle. Yeah. And I think I'm there. I'm not Schwarzenegger. Yeah. You know? Oh, real close. So yeah. God, loved you know. But, more weeks. Yeah. Something to aspire to, right? You know, <laughs> being 70 and having abs and biceps and whatever. But I do feel that way now. Yeah. It's like I can't conceive letting go of that. But that I think that was also a big change for me too, is that separating fitness and eating from like, I need to lose 10 pounds to this is just the kind of person I want to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's good. Like yeah. they talk about atomic habits. It's like yeah. create, decide what persona you want to be. Like who do you want to be as a person? And I'm yeah. like, well, if possible, I want to be a person that ha- can see my abs. That might be vain. It probably it is. It's totally ego. But I want to be one of those 50-something guys that can have a shirt off and like be confident. You know, I want to be like Arnold. Yeah. And to be able to show up and have my shirt off and be okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so for me, that's just a different mindset. It's like I just that's the kind of person I want to be. And so it causes me to make all these other choices yeah. to support that, you know. And I think that's part of the natural evolution that happens. And yeah. it, you know, it's start simple. Yeah. And just start building momentum one yeah. decision at a time. And then you're right. Like you cross certain thresholds and then it's like, that's just who I am. Yeah. Like I'm fit. I am whatever. Is there any other books or like podcasts you feel like have inspired you along the way? For physical fitness or just health or I don't know. 
Yeah, I think health in general. I feel like in general, there's been a broader conversation that's more consistently looking at like what I think a lot of people deem like biohacking and just like this really getting in touch with the engineering of our systems and saying there's proactive ways for us to influence that for the best to get the best result. So I, th- I mean, I think all the big players do it. I think Ed at Milet, his show has had plenty of people. I th- you know, Tim Ferriss' show has tons of stuff that you could refer to. Of course, Rogan, right? With his yeah. fighting background and, and real commitment to physical fitness, he's constantly getting guests on to, to kind of reshape. But I think in general, it's like one of the things that you could do, just talking about little starters, is I'm a confession time here. I, dude, the thing that kills me is YouTube on my phone. I mean, it is like if thank God for the little thing that tells you how much time you've got in. Otherwise, I don't, I might spin out of control. And what I've attempted to do with that is more and more of my search, more and more because, you know, it's the algorithm will begin to populate results for you automatically when you open the app. And one of the things I've just gotten more diligent in is clicking on things that have something to do about explaining deeper, let's say, the carnivore diet or the way that muscle growth affects like our cardio system and how it affects like... Anyways. So I've been trying to do more of that so that just the stuff that's populating my entertainment Section more value added. is more value added. Yeah. yeah. Right. And because you can just take in little t- 10 to 15 minute increments of information. Mm-hmm. And let's say 99% of it kind of goes in one ear and out the other. Yeah. There's still 1%. There still might be one thing that sticks that you go, I could try that. Yeah. It's not building a pyramid overnight. Yeah. But I can do that. I know this whole episode's probably been a little weird just talking about physical fitness. But I think at the end of the day, I just have taken for granted. Yeah. How really, really vital. Like, I don't even know that it, I could consider it a negotiable, a negotiable anymore. Yeah. Like, I think the reality of it is, is that Americans in general have allowed physical fitness and how we eat and what we consume to be a choice yeah. versus a necessity in terms of understanding how to get healthy. I think we joke about it too much, too. We do. We make light of it. Yeah. Like, it's okay to be completely obese and overweight and, and not pay attention to yourself. Yeah, it's, haha, busy right? with work. Yeah, uh, you know, life with kids. You know, we yeah. we give ourselves like socially. We just we just kind of we make fun of it. We do, you know, like because it's uncomfortable. And, yeah. and I think it it just points to the fact that it's something we all feel is important, but sometimes we struggle to to find the motivation. To, I think you're right on right there. You know, that, I think that was the piece is is that we all know inside it's important, but we're not taking action. Yeah, it's like we know. Yeah. But we're not doing anything with it. Yeah. And again, guys, please don't walk away from the show. Those of you that actually hung the whole time, mm. don't walk away. I'm not fat shaming. Yeah. I've got my own stuff. I'm still working through myself. And tomorrow morning when I wake up to my alarm, I'm still going to have to tell myself to put my shoes on and go into the gym. Yeah. But I'm going to feel really good when I get there. Mm. And I'm going to feel really, really good when I'm done. Yeah. And it's worth it. Your people need it. You need it. Your partners need it. Your kids need it. It's it's worth prioritizing. Yeah, for sure. All right, dude. Later, guys. Come. All right, everybody. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Head, Heart, and Boots. And if you're enjoying the show, but you love this episode, please hit follow, formerly known as subscribe, write us a review, or share this episode with a friend. Share it on LinkedIn. Share it via text, whatever. It all helps. Thanks for listening.